This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Kutosh, and on today's podcast, we are talking all things Joseph. History, art, events, and places. Joseph is a city out in eastern Oregon. Joining us today is Jude Graham. She is the Wallowa County Museum curator. Jude, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking me. We talked about uh, discussing the history of Joseph, so maybe we can start there. If you could tell us uh, a few things about uh, Joseph in the area. You know, there are so many stories to tell. Willow County is completely surrounded by great natural boundaries like the Eagle Cap Mountains and our canyons, including Hell's Canyon, which is one of the deepest canyons in the country. So it's not surprising that we only have two year-round highways that come in here. That's it. Highway 3 that would take you up to Lewiston and Highway 82 that comes from LaGrande. And those are the only two year-round roads in here. Joseph from Wallowa County was the homeland of the Nez Perce or Nimipu tribe. And Wallowa County Museum has a wonderful room dedicated to this amazing tribe. You talked about uh, the geography there and with the canyons. Is it pretty steep as far as some of the pitches in the area as well? Yes. Um, Highway 3 that comes in here is called Rattlesnake for a reason. It's very steep and windy. There's all kinds of great stories about the different bike clubs that have ridden down Rattlesnake. There's road called the 39 Road that's only open part of the summer because it's so steep and it's not always plowed in the winter months. And so it usually doesn't open until June. Cycle Oregon and a few people have come through here on that road and it has been a challenge for their riders, but they've had a great time because of the scenic beauty. Are there some other things that are maybe unique or special about the area that come to mind? The hiking. Uh, We have about 50 high lakes in the Eagle Cap wilderness. My favorite is Lagore Lake. Lagore is a tarn, which means it was carved out by glacier and has a type of uh, moraines beside it. It's 8,950 feet, so 8,950 feet in elevation. And it's a steep climb, but you go past Lagore Gold Mine getting up there, and it's above the tree line. So You're not uh, sitting in a bunch of forest. You're sitting literally on top of the world. It's a position near Twin Peaks if somebody wants to look up where it is. There's amazing rocks up there, and they even have natural garnets that are about marble size, if you can find them in the slides, that are just exquisite. Many, many years ago, in the early 1900s, Willow Lake and the area was called the Switzerland of America. And Wallowa Lake is almost five miles long and about 280 feet deep, depending on who you talk to. If you're into fishing, the world record kokanee was caught there. It was 27 inches long and almost 10 pounds. Uh, It was caught by a man from Pendleton named Ron Campbell. It's pretty amazing. We have uh, biking, boating, paddle boats, kayaking, fishing in the Snake River, 
Mount Howard, the tram, skiing in the winter, and we do have a qualifier in the winter months for the Iditarod. It's 200 miles long, so if people come out here, uh, it's usually towards the end of January, they can see the dogs and go watch parts of the race. So it's one of the very few places in the United States, in the southern areas, that have qualifiers for the Iditarod. Are there other things that bring people to Joseph as well? Well, of course, my answer has to be Willow County Museum. <laughs> it's on Main Street and 2nd, and we have about 4,000 square feet of artifacts. Everything in here was used in Willow County. Nothing has been purchased for a display or an exhibit. They're all historically accurate for this area, including um, all the Nez Perce items, farm, ranch, saddles, everything. The museum is open only in the summer months, winter months uh, by appointment. We have many events, like we just celebrated the 77th anniversary of Chief Joseph Days, which is our rodeo. A man named Harley Tucker helped launch the uh, first rodeo in 1946. And it might be interesting for some of your people to know it was held on top of the East Moraine of Wallawa Lake. Wallawa Lake has almost perfect terminal and lateral moraines. So it's surrounded by moraines. And the first one was held up there. And if you hike that area, you can actually see some of the skeletons of the first arena and such. We have Juniper Jam, which is coming up this weekend. It's always held Labor Day weekend. And they bring in about 10 different musicians. It runs the entire day. And so multiple bands will be playing during the day. We have Alpenfest, which is usually around the end of September. And uh, for those that want to come out and kind of see what early winter is like here, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we have what's known as Jingle Through Joseph. And it's a parade. It's held uh, right after the sun goes down. So you'll see horses with Christmas lights decorating them. It's a lot of fun. It's a very small parade. Doesn't take very long, but we have a great time with it. We have Fish Trap here, which is a writer symposium. It runs twice a year. It's run by the Josephi Center. They bring in famous writers from all over the country. Portland Symphony comes here and has a session for young musicians and teaches them how to play and such. The Art Walk on Main Street is amazing. So all kinds of things going on. I hear the art scene is pretty prominent there as well. And can you tell us anything about that? We have several foundries here. Valley Bronze was the first one. It was uh, built in about 1980 by a man named Glenn Anderson. It's kind of got an interesting history. At the time, logging was going out as an industry. And so you had, we had all these loggers that were out of work. The one thing that the loggers all had in common is they knew how to weld because their trucks or chains or something was always breaking. And Glenn Anderson knew that, and he wanted to figure out what you could do with welders. So he built Valley Bronze Foundry, which um, casts fine art bronze for artists from literally all over the world. And uh, then we have Parks Bronze and TW Bronze. They're just amazing. One of the most spectacular pieces that I remember 
was done out of by an artist out of New Mexico named Viral Goodnight. The day the Berlin Wall came down, she decided that she wanted to do a tribute to their freedom. So she did a sculpture called The Day the Wall Came Down. And there were two one and a quarter life-size pieces made. One's at uh, Texas A&M. And the other is in Berlin, not too far from Vandenberg Gate. And they're five one and a quarter life-size horses jumping over crumbled pieces of the Berlin Wall. And every inch of it, even the rebar, was made out of bronze. And it was all cast here in Joseph. So there's some amazing pieces out there. Our art walk on Main Street has about a dozen life-size to bigger uh, bronzes that are permanent. And then we have rotating art that comes in on a regular basis and some fantastic art galleries. Who would have known? So tell me a little bit about when you have one of these big bronze statues, how that process of creating one of those works. Our bronze here is done by the lost wax process and it's very intricate. You can Google it, but the basic steps are the artist would make their original out of clay or wax usually. We had one artist, Leo Osborne, who carved his originals out of bird's eye maple wood. And then a mold would be made off of that. Out of that mold would be a wax. That wax would be coated in what they call slurry or think of kind of a ceramic coating on it. The wax would be melted out and molten bronze would be poured in. And so it's a ton of steps. Well, there's a limit to the size you can make the pieces. So every single piece, every single sculpture, say you had a human body, the hands and the fingers might be cast separately. An arm would be cast separately if it was in a position that you couldn't make the mold of it. So those separate pieces of the ending metal would have to be welded back on. Now think of a young woman's skin, a baby's skin, how soft and smooth it is. Where that seam of the weld was, the foundry welders would have to weld it back together and then smooth out that rough area so it was exactly like the artist had it in the original sculpture. Absolutely smooth. And that takes special skill and talent. All three of our foundries here are equally good at that. And they've made amazing pieces that grace our country and the world. Raymond Parmander cast here and he did the most gorgeous sculptures of women and life-size statues and such that are all over the country. Yeah, it's an intricate process. And then after all that's done, they have to put the color, the patina on it. Now the bronzes that I told you about a little while ago about Viral Goodnight, those one and a quarter life-size horses, the men actually had to crawl into the body of the sculpture to weld it on the inside so it'd be structurally sound. It was an interesting process for them and they learned a lot with it. They actually had to fly to Germany to put the sculpture back together. It was so big it couldn't fit in an aircraft. So some of the local foundry people from Joseph actually flew over there and welded it back together and patinaed it on site. 
If your listeners come to town, TW Parks and Valley Bronze will do tours. Quick question on Wallowa Lake. You said it was 280 feet deep, which is incredible, or right around there. How was that lake formed, and how did it get so deep? It was formed by a glacier. And, you know, I was scanning documents for the museum about a week ago. I found a map from 1926 where they were measuring the depth of the lake. Now, I don't personally think of the 20s as having the capability to measure something that deep. And I wonder what it was. You know, I wonder how they did it. But they're within 10 feet of the modern day measurements of the depth of the lake. So I thought, wow, this is pretty incredible that they were able to do that. Um, but it was all carved by glaciers, so the moraines were deposits from the glacier carve-out. And the town of Joseph has, and a lot of the area of Joseph, has the remains of that. To say we have a lot of rocks here is such an understatement. There are rocks everywhere. They're left over from that glacier. In fact, when we redid Main Street of Joseph in the year of 2000, and we put in the art walk with all those beautiful bronzes. We got rocks, and I'll say that got with a lot of humor, from farmers. We actually, the Economic Improvement District went out to the farmers and said, you know all those rocks in your field? Could you give them to us free and we'll haul them away and we'll fill in the holes in your field. And that's how we got our landscaping boulders for the town because their rocks are everywhere. We also have a lot of clay deposits in the area. So most of the historic buildings in town that are made out of rock, bulby stone or brick, all of that was sourced from here. So we have a lot of those clay deposits and stone deposits here. And marble, it's not really pretty marble. <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of veining. It looks more like obsidian, but there's black marble here too. A little bit of everything in Joseph. Yes, absolutely. And if people want to find out a little bit more about Joseph or the area, what, what do you recommend? I would tell them, of course, to come to the museum. Our docents, uh, our volunteer docents are amazing and they know the whole area. But probably the best thing to do is to look up Willowa County Chamber. They have a wonderful online site that has all kinds of information about events, what to do, what to see. If they call the chamber, ask for Dina. There's my personal information. Dina's amazing. She knows everything that's going on in the county. Willowa County Chamber does a great job for us. And it's just WillowaCountyChamber.com. For the people that don't know how to spell Willowa, which is a question we get a lot, it's W-A-L-L-O-W-A. We have wonderful businesses and restaurants in Joseph. The museum is next door to a place called the Stubborn Mule. They take good care of the town. They volunteer for a lot of our events and help all over the county. We have other restaurants that are brand new. We have uh, in Enterprise, which is five miles away, Terminal Gravity Brewing. So those people that love a fresh beer, especially in September, they'll do a fresh hops beer that they only sell here. And you need to call them and see when they're making it because it doesn't last very long. There's a lot of people that set their calendar by when that fresh hop beer comes out. Our shops on Main Street Joseph are incredible. 
one-of-a-kind items, art galleries, great restaurants, and you can walk up and down Main Street very easy. If we had more time, we could talk about a lot of other things to see, including Sunrise Irons Tractor Museum, which is pretty incredible. He has uh, an entire building of historic tractors, and they all run, whether they're steam engine or coal. He has even one tractor that there's only two in the world. A lot of hidden gems out here that you kind of have to ask a local about to find out about. Jude, thank you so much. This is great. We appreciate it. And I think all of our listeners will be looking forward to taking a trip out to Joseph. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org.